we live in a burnout culture, don't we? Like, it, like overworking is almost a badge of honor. Like, if you sell, see somebody, it's like, what are you doing? Oh, I am so stressed out. I'm working so hard. We're like, oh, wow, you're awesome, right? And at the same time, they're just, like, dying inside. Um, that is our culture. That's the world we live in. If you see somebody that's actually enjoying life, there's part of us that wants to look down at them and, like, huh, they're doing something wrong. Like, they're so naughty, right? You're enjoying life. What's wrong with you? Our culture is really, though, it's killing people literally most uh, how many people die from stress-related diseases far too many right and it's not just that it's killing our bodies it's killing our relationships where over half of marriages are ending in divorce but that's not just marriages that are ending divorce that having issues you have families that husbands and wives that just don't really know each other they, they drift apart because they're both so darn busy with life that they forget to love one another or kids that really don't know their parents or vice versa because the parents are all working and the kids are off doing things so often there's no connection i, I find that not only is it, is it killing us in our, in our relationships how might friendship how many people do i see throughout a year who come into my office feel so deeply alone just lonely and they don't have a true friend no one that they can point to say this is a really close friend that i know that is unfortunately the norm now we're forgetting to live. And so I got into this. It's not to feel bad about where our culture was. It's just understanding this is the way that it's set up. And, uh, and I was part of it. And a few years ago, I was finding myself at the point of really being just spent, right? I, I, uh, I wasn't finding a lot of joy. There was things that I didn't even know how to have fun, really. I was just kind of, even if I tried to rest, I'd feel guilty about trying to rest. So that wasn't fun. Um, I was at the point where when people would talk to me, I knew that I should feel bad for them, but I just didn't have any more care left. Have you ever been there? I mean, it's just a difficult place to be. A, a point that, you know, when I wake up, the first thing I would do is grab my phone so I could go through and read all the emails from all the things that maybe I had missed from the past or they're coming up in the future that should occupy my, my, my thinking. That's from the, from the very moment I wake up to the very last thing when I go to bed. It's all about how can I be productive? And it was hard. And I went to God's word because I was, I was really concerned about this because I thought that maybe I was failing as a Christian, right? I thought as a pastor I should be refreshed daily by the Lord and there was something deeply wrong with me that I was not able to care like I was supposed to care. And I found something in the word that is so simple that it took me over a year to actually begin to comprehend and apply because I thought it can't actually mean what it says, because <laughs> what it says doesn't fit into my life, and I realized that I needed to fit my, my life in a different way. It's such a simple solution, but it brings us to a point of balance. Now, notice that it says balance. Uh, a good work ethic is a wonderful thing. In fact, I think it's a very godly thing. It tells us in Scripture we should have a great work ethic. We need to go and to work. But I stepped too far into that work ethic. Now, I could swing the pendulum the other way and just become really lazy. Right? And I would be unbalanced again. That's a different sermon. This message is for those of you who have swung too far onto the busyness scale. You look at your life, you feel too harried to enjoy life. You feel stressed, you feel pressed, right? You feel you're just drained and dry. This is for you. There's a solution in Scripture that God talks about that can actually help us. And uh, it's, uh, it comes to us, actually, it's the fourth commandment. And so I'm going to bring that fourth commandment up. And uh, you see what it says here. Uh, it's Exodus 28, where the commandment is. And here's the commandment. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. 
right? This is a solution. This can be so life-changing. And, and what I did is if I've gone through that passage and others in the scripture that talk about this, how do I begin to live a more biblically balanced life. And I will tell you, I've been practicing it. It took me about a year to really start getting into the rhythm of it. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't easy. But once I really got into this, the benefits are amazing. And I want to share these things with you today. So the first thing we're going to talk about is what is a Sabbath day? Right? It sounds like a, uh, a, a strange Hebrew word, right? Because it is. That's why. Right? It, 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 it's something that's been around for a long time. And so uh, let's go to the word and let's talk about what is a Sabbath. Well, the Sabbath at first is a day of rest. That's what it means, a rest from our labor. And it comes from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 2. Genesis is the book of the Bible. It talks about how we got here. Right? Genesis chapter 1 is kind of the big picture. How did God make everything? Genesis 2 gives us a little more detail in that. So we're at the very be- end of Genesis 1, Genesis 2, we read this. So the creation of the heavens, the earth, and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Right? So God designed the Sabbath. That's a really cool thing. And how did he say it was a Sabbath? It is a day of rest. See, that's what makes it holy. Right? We think about what's holy. Holy doesn't mean it has like uh, angel wings and, and uh, a halo. That's not holy. Holy means it's different. It's set apart. Right? So you've heard me describe it this way before, but like your toothbrush, it's holy, isn't it? It's holy unto thee. Right? It's nobody else's toothbrush. It's used very specific. It's set apart for you and for a very specific purpose for you. Right? Like you don't take your toothbrush into the shower with you and just start scrubbing your body because that would make it defiled, wouldn't it? There's a specific use for it, and that's what you do. You don't give your toothbrush to other people, right? That would defile it as well. Your toothbrush is set apart. It's different. You walk in the bathroom, my toothbrush, holy, right? Now, there should be a day of your week that is set apart, holy, different than the other days. That, and that's what God did is he blessed it. And notice that he blessed it. The Sabbath is a blessing, not a burden. What a different concept, Right? God sucked all these other days, which were really awesome days. You look at the days of creation, pretty cool. Like, not light. And he's like, boom, light. That was a pretty awesome day. And yet, amongst all the things that he made, he's at the very end, he blessed the Sabbath. And how did he bless it? He said, enjoy this. So it's a day of rest. So the first thing you need to look at your Sabbath is it needs to be a day of rest. If you're going to have a Sabbath, it should be restful. I don't know why that was such a, like, a hard concept for me to gain, but I always thought, like a Sabbath, I was going to have it. It was a day of boredom. That's what I really thought. So when I first started practicing it, I thought, okay, I'm going to have the Sabbath. I'm not going to do anything. And then that's really boring. Right? And what did I do? I thought about all this other stuff that I should be doing. There's a better way of going. But there's, it's a day of rest. We need to start there. So next thing we find out with the Sabbath is it's, it's a day of refreshing. So it says in Exodus 31, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, but on the seventh day he stopped working and was refreshed see we rest for a reason when i was just sitting and not doing anything that wasn't refreshing that was stress producing right so part of the sabbath to be a rest that actually refreshes us and we'll talk later on how do we become refreshed but that's the purpose if you're not being refreshed by your sabbath you're not doing your sabbath right that's a big thing 
Okay? And so God showed us this is the pattern how he's going to do it. Now, there's a way that God made the world. There's a rhythm of life, isn't there? Think about when God created the world. There was days, right? There's day and night. Right? And in the daytime, people are supposed to be up and we're active and we're doing things. At nighttime, we naturally sleep. Right? Well, there's weeks. Did you know that God created weeks too? Like if you go anywhere in the world, there are seven-day weeks. Why is that? Because God made the work the seven-day week. And, and there's this rhythm that he created in life. And there's a rhythm and a pattern of how he allows us to work, right? So in six days, he goes and does something. On, on the seventh day, there was a, a chance to refresh and to refill. It's what we call sometimes the principle of stretch and release. Think about even your bodies. It has the same principle. If you never fall asleep, right, if you just press yourself, you stretch yourself, you're like, I want to keep working, 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 you're going to snap eventually, aren't you? You stretch yourself and then you release. If you're working out, if you're going on an on a, on a exercise thing, right, you don't get stronger when you're actually pumping the iron. You actually break down your muscles at that point, right? It's when you rest is when you get stronger, right? It's, that's the point at which you, so if you never push yourself, you never stretch, you get weak, actually you get flabby, right? But if you're always just, you're just somebody just pumping weights all the time, blah, 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 never rest, they're going to injure themselves. One of their muscles is going to snap. It is the same way with our own lives. If we're pushing ourselves in our life, we're always doing, 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 pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, but never refreshing, you're going to snap. And I don't know if you ever felt that way, like you're just pushed to the end and you're going to snap, because I've been there and it's not fun. For all you visually uh, oriented people like myself, let me show you this. You ever heard you're a tall drink of water? All right, that's you. Right? Here you are, this is your life, right? and you only have so much you in you and all that. And you go into your life, and it's your life's a beautiful thing, and you want to f- have a full life, don't you? All of us want to have a full life. So we take ourselves, and we say, okay, I'm going to be busy, and I'm going to pour myself into my life. I'm going to pour myself into others and all that kind of stuff, and I'm just giving, giving, and doing all kind of stuff, and it's, it's wonderful. But at some point, if I don't stop, I run out, and I run dry, and I have nothing left to give. And my life is less fulfilled, isn't it? Have you ever got to this point where you're just empty, that you can't pour out anymore because you're dry? This is not God's plan. That's why he gives us a Sabbath. And he says the Sabbath is for refreshing. It's only like God pour back into us. And we get filled back up again. And now I've got something left that I can now Go back into my life, and I can now pour in again. Now, here's the amazing thing about the Sabbath, though, is it comes around pretty regularly, right? And so I'm not really ever supposed to get dry. It was designed to come in, so I I pour out, pour out, but I'm not totally dry, and then I also have an opportunity to come back and refresh. Abundant life. This is what God wants for us. The Sabbath is for our refreshing I think it's why when Jesus was talking about it in, in Mark 2, he says this. He says, uh, Jesus said, and the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people. Oh, man, it went backwards. Can we go back a slide? I don't know why it does it Sunday. Six days. Um, there are six days. Oh, that's, that's wrong. Go back. <laughs> backwards. Okay. Can you help me there? Because it's not playing nice right now. I don't know. 
So we're going to go to Matthew's slide. Jesus is talking. I'm going to set this up while we're figuring out this. Jesus is talking to the crowd. And what happened is Jesus was healing people on the Sabbath day. And people were upset about Jesus healing on the Sabbath day because they would say, you're working. However, if you think about it, if you had like a, a disability, like you were paralyzed, and somebody, I don't know, healed you on that day, that'd be kind of refreshing, wouldn't it? Right. So, but uh, Jesus is healing folks on the Sabbath. And uh, the, the folks are... are uh, there were some that were saying, well, that's a violation of the fourth commandment. and You're working, and therefore we have to kill you. And they really said this. And then Jesus was like, whoa, 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 whoa. The Sabbath was made for people, not people for the Sabbath. That's why it was there, to meet the needs of the people. When I go through this message, one of the things that I had to learn is that the Sabbath is not a burden. Right? It's, it's, it's an entirely different thing. It's a blessing. It's the opposite of a burden. If the, if the Sabbath is a stressor for you, that's, it, you're doing it wrong. It's not designed to be. It's there to refresh. It's for you. It's also important for us as a church, we don't get legalistic about this and point to another person and say, are you taking your Sabbath? You overworking? God's going to strike you with a lightning bolt because you're so awful, right? That's not what we're supposed to do. The Sabbath is, is God's love and compassion for us. I mean, when was the last time you saw somebody stay awake three days in a row and you go to them and say, you're an awful, horrible person that you would stay awake three days. You know, God gave you night for a reason. Right? We don't do that. But if you see somebody stay awake for three days and they're, they're fried out, you probably say, hey, man, you should go take a break. <laughs> Why don't you go to bed? <laughs> it's refreshing. Sabbath is for us, right? And so we understand that we need to look at the Sabbath in, in that light which is really hard for us to do. It was really hard for me to do because I wasn't comfortable resting. I felt really bad about resting, actually. And so um, if we're going to be looking at the Sabbath, let's make it recognize it for what it is. It's supposed to be a relief, a refreshing. Now, the Sabbath, if it's refreshing, also then needs to be a priority, doesn't it? Something that we have in our, our life. that we So there are six days, it says in Leviticus, and you may work. But on the seventh day is a day of rest, a Sabbath rest. And what is a Sabbath rest? How's it different? A day of sacred assembly. You're not to do any work. Wherever you live, it's a Sabbath to the Lord. Right? Gives us an idea of, of kind of how God says that we're going to refresh, but you have to make it a priority. And I love how it says there's six days you may work. You don't have to work. You get to work. I think a lot of times we hate working because we're so burnt out that we find just like, oh, I have nothing left to give, and now I've got to go back and do that. When when we are refreshed, our work can be a joy. We get to spend our lives doing valuable things. And it's not just our employment, what is what is work, right? I mean, that's part of what we get to do at work, but there's other work that we have, running a house, a family, right? Caring for people, ministry, all of these things. We get to go and do cool stuff, which is wonderful. For six whole days. But on the seventh day, you need to rest. It's like God is a really good parent, and we're the toddler, and then we're like, we don't want to go to bed, right? And he says, no, 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 you, trust me, you'll enjoy the rest of the day much better. You'll enjoy your week better if you just rest. So make it a priority, right? I hate sleeping. I know that some of you love it. You'll take naps, and you're like, naps are awesome. I'm like, naps, I couldn't think of anything worse because life is passing me by, right? I want to be awake and see people and do stuff, right? But if I don't sleep, I'm no good to anybody, right? They don't like me, and they don't want me to be around. So I've got to make sleep a priority so I'm healthy and I feel good. It's the same with the Sabbath, and I had to learn how to put that into my life. It had to be a priority because God made it a priority. He made it a priority for a reason. And so he designed the Sabbath, actually, in the weekly thing because he said, okay, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to make a week 
seven days. And on one of those, regularly, cyclically, it's going to come around into your life. Because he knew that we needed that regularly, just like it makes nighttime come around cyclically, right? So we could count on it. So it would regularly come back into our schedule, so we would never find ourselves in a place that we're totally burnt out. He made it a great priority. He set an entire, entire calendar for the entire world for all of time around this. It's a priority to God. It's good for us. And the, and the pattern is this. It's six to one. Somehow God knew that we would have six days that we could get and go do all the kind of stuff, but we would, after six, we would need a day of refreshing, and that would keep us healthy. Now, it's not God's being mean about this. If you work 12 and you only get one day off, it's not as though God's like, oh, you're evil, but you're going to be more tired. It's like if you work two days and only sleep you know, one night. Right? You, you, you need rest. So make it a priority. In Colossians 2.16, we have some freedom in this. So this is what frees us from the legalistic side of it. It says, So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink, or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. Now in context, what he's talking about is that there was, at the time, there was, Christianity has a Jewish Messiah. I don't know if you knew that, but it's pretty awesome, right? So we have all the prophets and all that kind of stuff, and they were naturally Jewish believers who said, this is our Messiah, we're going to worship him, right? And so did they walk away from being Jewish? No, they didn't, because it's their Messiah. So they continued to celebrate all the great things, their great heritage and all that stuff. But then there was also Gentiles, people like me, who didn't have that. And, and so one of the cool things about the church is that Jesus is for everybody. And so there's this conflict in the church. Do, do you have to become Jewish to become a Christian? No, that's what it's talking about here. So not to condemn one another and you know, all the different things. Are you fulfilling all the Jewish law if you're a Gentile? No, you don't have to. But there's also something in this which has been used, and I think somewhat accurately, is saying, listen, the Sabbath, how we celebrate it then as a church, doesn't have to be the Jewish Sabbath, right? We don't start Friday night, Right? We don't have to meet together. God's not calling us to that. But just because we've been set free from that doesn't mean that we're not set free from the, the design. This was overall of creation, that a Sabbath is still good for us. So the early century, the church moved basically our Sabbath, our day of rest, with from Saturday to Sunday. Right? Why? Because Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday, and that's a great day to get together and, and celebrate. Right? Like, there is eternal life. He's coming back. We have, that's a great day to get together, remind ourselves weekly how awesome God is and what's before us, right? And so we moved to the Sunday, became the Lord's Day. If Jesus resurrected on a Tuesday, Tuesday would be the day that we would normally have church, right? But it was Sunday, so that's why. Nothing magic about the day, but something very important about taking it some time to rest. So the church, that's why it did that. Now, uh, like I said, just because we're set free from the law, we don't have to take uh, our Sabbath on the traditional Sabbath time of Friday night through, through Saturday. doesn't mean that we're set free from the, the consequences if we fail to recognize this law, right? So here's a great example. Um, washing our hands. We don't have to wash our hands before we eat, right? As Gentiles, as Christians, we don't have to do that. We're not violating any of that's part of the Old Covenant. We don't have to do that. But if we don't wash our hands before we eat, are there consequences? Right. <laughs> Same way. We don't have to celebrate a Sabbath, but we get to. And if we, vi- if we ignore it, there are consequences. And I, I think a lot of us experience those. So what do we do with it? Well, uh, let's talk about how you take a Sabbath. Now, these are, these are practical things. This is my own personal experience. Is it perfect? No. Am I going to write a book on it? Probably not. But I will tell you from firsthand experience, this is what I did, and it, and it helped me go from a place of being very stressed out, not having a Sabbath, to being have a place in my life where I had a regular day of rest, okay? So these are some, some tips or some tools that might help you there. The first one is how to take a Sabbath is you have to make it a priority. This is a mental thing, right? Because you're not going to add anything into your life if it's not important, right? And there's a reason why you don't have a Sabbath in your life right now. 
if you don't have one, it's because it's not important. Right? So the first thing you need to do is to set it into that point of importance. Say, this is valuable. I'm willing to, to change my life around something so I can do this. If you don't do that, if you're not committed to it, it's not going to happen. So uh, the first thing we, we realize is that God commanded the Sabbath for a reason. I think it's hilarious that God had to tell people in the list of the Ten Commandments, up there with don't murder people is take a day off. <laughs> Does that tell you something about the human condition? Right? There's a reason he told us it is really important. And if it's a priority to God, then maybe it should be a priority to me. Now, here's the thing with priorities. There's more things in life for us to do than there is life for us to do them because you are not God. You are not infinite, right? He's called you to do certain things. So you're going to have to say no to a lot of things in life so you can say yes to the things that God wants you to have in life, right? And your schedule is already full. I guarantee every one of you fills all 24 hours, right? None of you stops existing for like an hour a day right? We all fill it. So what are you saying yes to? For me, I had to start with this. As I took, I had my phone and I, at the end of the day, as I would go through and every minute I would fill with a box of how I spent that time, right? I have the schedule of how I wanted to spend it. Then at the end of the day, I would adjust it to actually how I did spend it because I'm not super organized like some of you guys are, right? So I would have some adjustments. So I would adjust it out and I color coded things just for me so that I could kind of see how I was spending my time. Right, so where did I sleep? How did I, where was I eating, right? Where was I spending time on personal stuff? Where was I spending a family? Where was I working, right? And at the end of the week, I was able to look at where I was spending my time. What am I saying yes to? It's amazing, the, the red boxes on my schedule were where I was wasting time, like just doing stupid stuff. I had way too much red. I thought it was really effective and efficient. I was just exhausted, and so I was trying to find little areas where I would like go and like pretend to work, but you're just kind of like scanning through emails and just like mindlessly doing Minesweeper or something. Right, you've been there. There was a lot of red that shouldn't have been there because I was exhausted. I got to learn how to say no to those things so I could say yes to the most important thing. I had to make room. You're never going to add a Sabbath into your life. You're going to have to replace the things that are already there with the Sabbath. So know what you're going to say no to so you can say yes to this. The next thing that we have to do, once it's a priority, is you actually have to put it on your schedule. If it's not on your schedule, it's not going to happen, Right? It's just not going to happen. Like you walk along a day. What do I, I have a whole day without anything to do. It's a Sabbath under the Lord. No, you remember the Sabbath, right? That's an active thing. Why? How do you do it? By making it holy. Set it apart. It's different. Make your Sabbath different. Now for me, my Sabbath couldn't be Sunday because guess what? I work on Sundays, right? So I had to look at my calendar. I had to say, okay, where am I going to take a rest? And what I had to do is, um, at the beginning of the month, I look, go through and I make my calendar. I have my most important things, and Sabbath is one of the most important things. I get on my calendar every week. Where am I going to take a rest? But guess what? Life changes. So then at the beginning of every week, I have to go through and verify that that's actually still going to be. Like sometimes, I'll set this day as a Sabbath, and then all of a sudden, like, um, like last month, we had a, um, a, a funeral on that day. Well, it's not like I could say, well, I'm not going to do that. Forget you, <laughs> right? <laughs> I had to move it, right? I had to adjust, but set it on your calendar, and then you build the rest of your life around this, saying it's important, right? It's just like your bedtime schedule or when you eat, right? Build your life around this. It's important. Proactively put it on your schedule. Now, Sundays are natural for most people, right? We already don't usually have work. You're already here worshiping. There's some good things that happen. So put it on your schedule. The next thing that you do, once you have it on your schedule, you want to make sure that you worship God. This was another mistake that I made. I thought a Sabbath was I'm going to set part and I'm just going to rest physically or mentally, right? But part of it is realize that you are a physical being, right? You are a mental being. You can think about things, right? But you are also a spiritual being. 
right? And Sabbath is for our refreshing, and you need to be fully refreshed. And how do we refresh? We spend time with the Lord spiritually. That's part of our Sabbath is spending time worshiping God. Now, how do you worship God? Well, worship is really when our life revolves around him, isn't it? So part of my Sabbath is as I take a a close account of my life and I'm thinking about how am I spending my time and my days? What are my priorities? What did I do this last week? Right? And I talk to God about it. And I say, God, am I really revolving around you or asking you to revolve around me? Now, at first, that took a long time because introspection is, is, a, is a, it's like a muscle that you build. So at first, it took me a long time to really be able to ask those questions and to think through. Now, as I got into it, it's more of a habit, and you can get into it it's much faster, and I have these more uh, effective conversations with God. But part of it is saying, God, how am I revolving around? Am I living up to your priorities for me, God? Spending time with him and, and thanking him for who he is because in order for me to actually worship God, I need to remember who he is. So I'll have some weeks where like life is chaotic and I'm grateful that I have a God who is a rock. And I spend some time with him and say, God, thank you for not being weird like this world and you're the same every day. There are weeks that I've just messed up and I just got beat up by the world and I'm grateful I have a God of grace and mercy. You know, there are some weeks I'm just being a stinker and I come back to the Sabbath and I have to ask that question and I've put myself on that throne of my life and it's a time that I can worship him by repentance. And say, God, you know what? Thank you for being a God that I should actually serve, that you, you're worthy of serving. Worship him. Spend some time with God intentionally on your Sabbath. What it does is you will leave refreshed. Now, church is part of that, right? When you come to church, we come to serve God, right? It's, it's a worship service. We're not serving you. We're all together serving God. That's why we're here. But isn't it cool that when we serve God, we end up being refreshed? So spend some time on your Sabbath worshiping. Now, you don't have to spend the whole day just doing that. There's other things you need to do. But something you shouldn't do is work. Because what is a Sabbath? A day of rest. Which means not work. It's a day of not work. So if you're working on your Sabbath, you're not doing it right. Now, work is different than, um, like I thought at first, Sabbath meant not working was not doing uh, church work. So I wouldn't answer church emails and things like this. I'm not doing church work, right? But then I would spend the rest of the day doing honeydew lists and things around the house and all these. I was doing checklists, right? That's still not work. What would happen is, is I would go home and I would spend the day doing all the other work that I had to do. And then I would come back to my other job here and I would be more exhausted because I never rested. Take a day where you're not working. And I know that's really hard. Now for me, I struggled with guilt. Okay, really struggled with guilt. And I'll tell you to the point, to the level I struggled with guilt on this, is there was a movie that came out that I really wanted to see because I had read the book, right? So it's coming to the theaters. I was really looking forward to it because when you read the book and you can go to the movie theater, you can feel superior to everybody else in there, <laughs> right? And then you could talk about how the movie was not so good as the book. This is a wonderful feeling. I love that, right? So I was so excited. I was going to go to this movie. And I, and I had the book. I'd read it. I'd go up to the, to, and it was all my day. I was going to rest. I was going to do something. And uh, I get out of my car. I go up to buy my ticket. And I was so overcome by guilt, like I was taking some time off, like doing something. I felt so guilty about that. I just couldn't even bring myself to go in and buy the ticket. I went back into my car. And then I went down to a coffee shop, right, where I, where I worked. But I didn't do anything effective, right? It's, it's a real thing. But you have to not work. Now, here's what helped me. I had a good friend who challenged me on this. Uh, He said, Aaron, um, why do you feel guilty for obeying a command of God? Ow. But yay. How true. My priorities were so far out of whack that I felt guilty about obeying God. (laughs) Taking a Sabbath is obeying God. (laughs) Right? That's how cool is that? 
So when you feel the guilt, one of the things why I give you that memory verse was powerful to me is that it removes the guilt. It's a false guilt. And so you have to not work. Don't feel guilty about it. So what do you do? Something else, a mistake that I made when I started doing this is I just sat at home thinking I didn't do anything. So all I was thinking about was the work that I wasn't getting done, which was not restful. Actually, that was more stress-inducing than just if I just had kept working through. So this is a solution to that. And this is the part where it gets fun. This is because we have an awesome God. Is you rest and enjoy life. That's what you do on your Sabbath. You worship God, then you rest and enjoy life. Let me explain what that means. Okay? It's not sitting there, you know, like in a yoga pose going, hmm, and just thinking about the rest of life and everything around. This is what you do. If you like to, to read books, go read a book you really wanted to read. Right? If, if, if uh, playing games or having friends over playing cards, invite some friends over to play cards. If, if taking a hike refreshes you, go take a hike. Right? Do what refreshes you. And maybe you were like me, where I was so far gone, I didn't even know what refreshed me anymore. I had no idea. So then you just have to go and just start trying fun things until something clicks. Spend a day enjoying life. Now when you do that, you're having so much fun enjoying life that you're not thinking about all the other things that aren't happening. Now what I found in my own personal experience, and I've also found this is true with others that have done this, is I was... After resting, I became so much more efficient that I got more done in the six days that I was working than I did when I was just continually trying to work seven days constantly. It was unbelievable. But here's the difference. I started, I was, I was enjoying life. There was joy back in there. I was able to engage with people, right? And I could know that I could push extra hard at the end of one week because I knew that there was a finish line where I could then catch my breath. It was unbelievable how much more efficient I became, how much more I got done, how much more successful I have become since I've started taking a Sabbath. But you have to take the step in faith first. But rest and enjoy life. Isn't it cool that our God is the kind of God that says, listen, I command you, rest and enjoy life. One day. You get the six, you can work. Sabbath one, rest and enjoy. Now, next thing you need to do, make it a habit. Right? One day is not going to fix you. Right? The Sabbath was meant to come around every week, so you would never get empty. So you'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm pouring a little bit of my life, and now I'm still here. I'm not empty. Right? But if you got to the point, you're here today, and you're just like, like this, a Sabbath is not going to fill you up. Sabbath's going to give you a little bit, because it was meant to fill you up for once every six, right? So it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a while. Make it a habit. You're going to keep adding, 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 until a point that you are finally get to be more refreshed. Right? That's what you need to do. If it's not a habit, think about like this. What if sleep wasn't a habit? You're like, I'll sleep when I have time. If that was an option, most of us would be dead. Right? I'm fortunate our body, like at some point, takes over and you just pass out. We don't have that with the Sabbath. So you have to make it priority. Make it part of your life. Schedule it till it gets become regular. Now, habits aren't normal at first, right? They feel weird. So your life will feel weird at first. Trust me, it took me over a year to actually get a normal Sabbath, right? Because I would try to add it, and then things would happen, and I didn't know how to adjust, and I had to adjust. And, but it gets easier over time, and eventually it just becomes normal. It becomes part of your life. You don't have to tell people, I'm doing things different. You don't have to say, right? It just becomes part of your life. Make it a habit. And once it's a habit, you'll spend less time thinking about how I'm going to take a Sabbath, and you get to more time enjoying the Sabbath, Right? At first, it won't be there, so stick with it long enough, and it will get there. In order to do that, prioritize your time and be okay with some things being undone. And this is why you can be okay with that. 
Because God doesn't ask you to do things that you can't do faithfully, right? And if you can't take a Sabbath faithfully, then those extra things you're saying yes to are not things that God wants you to do, right? So allow things to go undone so you can say yes to God. And if we say yes to God in every area of our life, then every area of our life improves. So say yes to God here. That's the challenge. So what are our takeaways today? Some good things about balance. There is a simple solution to stressed out living. Isn't that awesome? And you didn't have to like pay for a huge college course or anything like that. And, and, right? and there's no like cassette tapes you have to purchase on, online or anything like this. This is a simple solution. It's in the word. It's very easy. The Sabbath is a weekly day of rest. That's what it is. That's the solution. A weekly day of rest. Boom. Okay. So the Sabbath then is for your own good. It's not there because God's up there stressed out in heaven if you don't rest. God is fine if you don't rest. He's not like up there, what am I going to do? You need the rest. So rest. Also, get this, the, habit, uh, the Sabbath is a habit you need to form. So get to it. Start working on it, right? The Sabbath's not supposed to be a burden. If you're here today like, how am I going to add this new thing in my life and it's a stress, you're looking at it wrong. You're already stressed out. Start looking at the things that you can get rid of. Start applying it into your life. And I think you'll be amazed at the cool, like, how much it will impact you. An amazing thing. So, um, on your connection card, I've got some next steps. Some first steps, actually, for applying a Sabbath in your life. These are the baby steps if you need some direction. So, if you want to look on the back side of your connection card, uh, um, we'll walk through those and see if there's any of those that click with you that you would like to do. The first one would be to memorize Exodus 20, verse 8. For me, that was really the key. Right? I need to remember the fourth commandment. I need to remember that this was important so I wouldn't feel so darn guilty about it. But I also remember that I needed to remember the Sabbath day. It's not just going to happen. I had to proactively do it, and I had to keep it holy. That's how I remembered it. I had to set it apart. How to be a different kind of day. Maybe that's where you need to begin. It's a shield for, for your heart. It also helps guide you in your directions. Maybe that's where you begin. Let the word of God start. You, and you already got a head start. So maybe this is where you begin today. And you can start praying to God. Throughout the week, as you are memorizing this, God, how on earth am I supposed to take my busy life and, and, and now have a Sabbath? How can I possibly remember that? How can I keep it holy? Talk to him. Ask him for his help. And that happens when we memorize. You can have those great conversations with him. Maybe something you want to do this week is uh, meditate on Psalm 19. Now, when I say meditate, what's what I mean? Read Psalm 19 and actually think about what it says and how it applies to your life. That's meditation, right? Just spend some time really thinking on it. Why Psalm 19? Read it, and you'll see why. It's a great psalm. Or maybe what you need to do this week is say no to something. You already know something in your schedule that needs to go because it's, it's draining you. <laughs> You're saying yes to this, and it's not nearly as important with the Sabbath, and you know what that is. It's going to be hard to say no to things you've been saying yes to for a long time. Let me pray with you this week on that. So if you know what it is you have to say no to, write it down. I'll be praying with you, supporting you in that this week. Or how about this? Uh, maybe what you need to do is say yes to a Sabbath. You schedule it. And here's going to be my challenge for you. This summer, when everything is the busiest, right, when the storm is raging the most, choose faithfulness here, right? Because if you could say yes now in the summertime, guarantee you're going to be say yes in the fall, right? If you say yes, I'm going to take a Sabbath, I'm going to do this. Say yes for three months, right? That's 12 Sabbaths. Say to God, I'm going to do this. Find a way and just see the difference that it makes in your life. If you get to the end of the summer, you've actually done this, you've really put it into your life, and you know what, you're still stressed out and all the things, then we can talk, right? 
But maybe that's the challenge. Take a Sabbath challenge. Take and, and block it out on your, on your schedule a day of rest and see the difference that God can make for you this summer. It should be an amazing thing. Maybe there's another commitment that you need to make. You know the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Let me support you as a pastor. As a shepherd, I really want to know where, where God is leading you so I can work with him. Um, write that down so I can be praying with you and supporting you in that. Maybe there's a prayer request that you have. Our God is a great God, and he asks us to, to come to him. It's, uh, uh, Keith gave that the wonderful verse that we're to lift all of our prayers and requests to him. Let me join you in that. Let me support you as, as a pastor. Our prayer team would love to join you with that. We've seen God do some really cool stuff. So write those down. Um, if there's another commitment that you need to make on the other side, let us know. Make sure I have your connection card uh, information so I can get, reach you this week. Um, but make this an offering of yourself to God. In just a second, we're going to take the rest of our offering as well. When the baskets are passed, take this, con- this connection card along with those tithes and offerings and, uh, and drop those in there. Uh, an offering of yourself, an investment in the kingdom um, out of love. Let's pray for these uh, before we do that. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. That love that is... Uh, uh, it's just, you're just so kind, God. You, you even command us to rest like such a good parent. <laughs> and we resist it, and, and Father, um, and even sometimes with, with such good intentions. We want to not waste our time here. We see so much work that needs to be done. But Father, I'm, I'm grateful that you love us more than what we do. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us as church to, to love you back in this way. Let us be a faithful church. Help us to be a church that, that returns to the rhythm of our design. Lord, let us have the courage and the wisdom, the ability and the tenacity and, and the support from your spirit and one another to rebuild the Sabbath into our, our days and our weeks. Father, return that, that wonderful balance into our life that, that we could be then refreshed so we would have more to give and more to enjoy in this life. And Father, I pray that that joy that we have in life then would be another testimony of the truth of your presence and of your, your, uh, your love. That people around us who, who are living in the rat race, who are worshiping their own God, they could look at our lives and see the joy we have. And even that rest that we take in the Sabbath would point them to you, the amazing King of Kings, but Father, uh, a loving Dad. God, let, uh, let that work in us. Father, I pray that you would help us to keep these commitments that we've each made today. Let us keep them in a way that honors you. And Father, we pray for our tithes and our offerings as well. Use this investment in the kingdom because that's truly what it is. Father, I pray that uh, you wouldn't just bless those that give because we invest in the kingdom of Father, that you would take those gifts and magnify them so they would be a blessing to this community. Father, build your kingdom in our hearts and our lives and build your community through us. Uh, Father, and and so we can reach every person who lives here in Estes with the good news of Christ. Father, we pray all of this in the powerful, wonderful name of our Savior, Jesus.